On the Pasuk in this parsha, this is referring to the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu had told the Yidin when they came back against, from the war against Midian and they had left the Midianite women alive. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying that these are the women who caused the Yidin to rebel based on the words of Bilam. Rashi quotes the words Bidvar Bilam and explains, Amar Lohem Bilam had said to them, even if you're going to gather all the multitudes of the world, world, all the armies of the world, you're never going to be able to overcome the Yidin, because are you greater, are you more than the Egyptians who had 600 chosen chariots? Let me give you some advice. The God of these Jews hates immorality, etc. And Rashi concludes with the words, Kedisa, Bechelek, as we, as we have learned in the Perik Chelek, that's in Gemara Sanhedrin, as well as in the Sifri. Now the fact that Rashi has to explain anything over here at all, that this was the advice of Bilam, even though Rashi had technically told this to us already, both in Parshas Bolok on the words of Bilam Lecha Iyotzcha, let me give you some advice, as well as the end of that parsha on the Pasuk, Vayachel Om Liznois Al when the Yidden start acting in immoral ways, with the daughters of Moyov. So it's understood why Rashi is telling it to us over here, because our Pasek is actually the source from where we learn that this is all Bilam's advice. As Rashi had actually said in Parshas Bolak on those words, that the proof that Bilam was the one that gave them this advice to cause them to stumble, to sin, um, with immoral acts is because the Pasuk says, quoting our Parsha, However, we need to understand, says the Rebbe, why does Rashi need the whole Arichus? When he, where he says to them, Omar Lohem, he says to them, even if you're going to bring all the multitudes of the world, and are you more than the Egyptians who had the 600 chosen chariots, etc.? Why is all of this relevant? And the Rebbe elaborates. Number one, why is this at all relevant to explaining our Pasuk? Number two, if Rashi, for whatever reason, wants to bring these things that Bilam said, it seemingly would have been more appropriate to bring it, where Rashi is explaining all of this for the first time in Parsha's Balak on those words, L'choi Atzcha. So why is Rashi suddenly bringing it over here? We also need to understand a number of diyukim in the words of Rashi. Number one, Bilam says, even if you're going to bring all of the multitudes of the world, you're not going to be able to overcome the Yidden. Why? Because are you more than the Mitzri, more than the Egyptians? The Rebbe says, what kind of proof is this? Yes, it's true that you, the Moyavites, the Midianites, are not more than the Egyptians, but if you bring all of the multitudes of the world, of course that's more than the Egyptians. So what do you mean, even if you bring all the multitudes of the world, are you more than the Egyptians? Of course they're more than the Egyptians. The Egyptians are one nation, and no matter how grace, how great, how many they were at the time, so definitely it still would have been fewer than bringing all the armies of the whole world. Furthermore, we actually saw already earlier that Moshe Rabbeinu says this to Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem, that when the Abishter wanted a chas v'shalom, kill the Yidden before taking him into Eretz Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu says that the nations are going to say that the Abishter Hashem was not able to bring them into Eretz Yisrael, and they're going to say that even though Hashem was able to overcome Paroi, nevertheless, that does not compare to 31 kings of the land of Eretz Yisrael. 
In other words, of course there's armies greater than Paroi. So certainly, if we're speaking about all the multitudes of the world, of course they're more than Paroi and more than Mitzrayim. So what's Bilam saying? On the other hand, asks the Rebbe, if, Moshe, if Bilam does want to describe the might, the power of Mitzrayim, then why does he, why does Rashi say, Shahayusheish Meyer Yisrech of Bochor, that they had 600 chosen chariots? And he doesn't mention that what the Pasek itself says over there, that besides those 600 chosen chariots, there's Vachoil Rech of Mitzrayim, there's all the chariots of Egypt, Vishalishim al Kuloi, with all of the, Officers and riders, etc., it says, etc. As it could also be understood simply that only such a tremendous amount of chariots together with all of the other multitudes of Egypt, that's what brought out such a fear that the Yidden had when we're speaking about 600,000 men, besides their women and the Eir of Rav, etc., 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 so only that would have scared over the Yidden. So we're not only speaking about the 600 chariots. So why is it that Rashi is only quoting about 600 chariots? Now seemingly you could say that with 600 chariots, Rashi is trying to emphasize not the specific number of these 600, rather saying 600 is only the chosen chariots, from which we would understand that there's, that, that there's much more in the rest of the chariots and wagons and army of Egypt. However, the Rebbe says this is still not so simple and smooth because then Rashi should have at least hinted to that by at least saying the Goimer, in other words, more than the 600 chariots, or at least not to say Shahoyu that they were 600, which is allowing us to think that maybe that's all they were. Rashi could have used some other expression, similar to the Sifri, some other expression from which we can understand that we don't mean to limit it and to restrict it just to the 600. Another question that Rebbe asks is what is the expression that Bilam says, boy, you come and I will give you some advice. What is this expression of come? Another thing that Rebbe asks is Rashi concludes and he says, after quoting what Bilam says, he says, v'chulu, etc. Kid'i says, it says, b'chelek ubisifri. Now seemingly that word v'chulu, etc. is referring to all of the details that we find later both in Sanhedrin, in that Peruk of Chelek, as well as in Sifri. The question that Rebbe has is, why is it relevant, all the things that are discussed later in Chelek, what Bilam says to them, and the whole story, the way it happens, and it's not enough just to quote the way it says in Sifri, which is basically more or less the way Rashi is telling us over here, and a bit more. And the Rebbe is about to explain in a moment why the Sifri would be more suitable. The Rebbe goes on and asks, even if Rashi wants to bring both the, from Chelek and the Sifri, seemingly the Sifri should have been first, because number one, the Sifri is the one that's directly explaining our Pasuk. It's the one that's explaining everything going on in our Pasuk. Also, the whole beginning of Rashi, where Bilam says to them that even if you're going to bring all the armies of the world, etc., that's actually all coming from the Sifri. In Perik Chelek, the main arichos over there is going to be more with the fact that Hashem doesn't like the immorality and how what happened as a result of that, etc., etc. So why is that all going to be relevant over here? From all of this, as the Rebbe, we can understand that when Rashi says, the Isa free, he's not only coming to tell us the source where the beginning of his Rashi is coming from, that even if you're going to bring all the armies of the world, etc., you're still not going to be able to overcome the world because 
the, and the reason for this is because this is really understood itself. It's obvious in Pshutish Mikra. It also says the Rebbe, not coming to tell us the details of what happens, what the Sifri tells us in continuation to this idea that Hashem hates the immorality, which the details of this really we find in the Gemara in Chelek. But rather Rashi is referring to something in Sifri which is going to be specifically connected with that which is discussed in the Gemara in Perek Chelek. That means there's something in the Sifri that's going to clarify to us in regards to this general idea of Elokeim Shal Elu Soinezimur regarding the fact that Hashem despises the immorality. So to explain all of this, says the Rebbe, the difference simply between the Pasuk and our Parsha and the Pasuk and Parsha's Balak. In Parsha's Balak, the words were, let me give you some advice. And that's why Rashi over there just says, what was the advice? The advice was that Hashem hates promiscuity. On the other hand, when it comes to the Pasuk and our Parsha, it doesn't say, that when Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking to, to the Yidden, he's not saying that these were the women that, that came by Atzaz Bilam through the advice of Bilam. He uses the term, the Pesach uses the term Bidvar Bilam, by the words of Bilam. That seems to be implying that together with the advice that Bilam gave, there was also some other things that he had said which are connected to that advice. Now, from the fact that this is all coming in connection to the argument of Moshe Rabbeinu, why is it that you didn't kill the women in this war? It's understood that somehow these words that Bilam said are specifically connected to this idea, to the war that the Yidin were waging against the Midyanim. Says the Rebbe, this is why Rashi does not explain only what the advice of Bilam was, but he's also coming to tell us what the Dvar Bilam, what else did Bilam say? And what did he say? This is what Rashi tells us. He told him that even if you're going to get together all the armies of the world, you're not going to be able to overcome the Eden. And this is why he's advising them, Elikeim shall elu how Hashem despises the union of Znus, the union of immorality. What's Moshe Rabbeinu saying? And what was going on over here? So the Rebbe says as follows, Moshe Rabbeinu was arguing to the Eden. You allowed these women to live, these are the people that caused all the problems with the story of Pa'oir, Davoy the Zorah of Pa'oir, and the Znus, etc., etc. And this brought about the Magaifa amongst the Yidin. What's Moshe Rabbeinu saying? He's not only saying that they in the past had caused the Yidin to do an Aveira, and therefore a Magaifa plague had broken out. What Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, we're dealing with a war right now over here. We're supposed to be fighting the Midyanim. Moshe Rabbeinu is getting angry at the officers of the war that's, that are coming from war. In other words, what Moshe Rabbeinu is telling these Yidin is that these women are, were basically part of the war effort. In other words, Midyanim, when they sent these girls, these women to do Znus, it was in a way that they were actually trying to fight the Yidin. They were trying to destroy the Yidin. And this was actually all part of Dvar Bilam. This is what Bilam had actually said. In other words, Bilam had told him, you want to fight the Yidin? We're speaking about war. With a Gashmi is the Muhammad, there's no way you're going to overcome the Yidin. Even if you bring all the armies of the world. And this is why, let me give you some advice, that Hashem hates immorality. And this is the way you're going to be able to fight them. In other words, Benois Midyon 
are sort of, they are the ones that are really waging that war of Midian against the Eden. And this is why what's relevant over here is not just that Bilam gave advice, just saying that this is what you should do. But rather, Dvar Bilam, the whole point how he was making it, that this is the way you're going to wage a war, because there's no other way how you are going to, even with gathering all the armies of the world, are you going to be able to overcome the Eden. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand exactly all the details of what Bilam exactly is saying. Bilam says to them, even if you're going to get together all the multitudes of the world, you're not going to be able to overcome them. Now for this, Bilam does not have to bring any proof whatsoever. Balak had already clearly seen that even Sichon and Oig, the strongest kings, that no one was able to conquer them. They were the ones that were hired to protect the nations from the Yidden. Yidden overcame them in such a supernatural way, in such an amazing way, that all of the might of Sichon and Oig were completely, completely irrelevant and insignificant once the Yidden came about. In other words... The Goyim saw clearly already, Bullock saw clearly already, that physical might, and whether it is strength in quantity or in quality, is, gonna, is not going to be in any way whatsoever able to overcome the Yidden. Bullock and Midian, however, had another Svara, they had another idea that perhaps we could overcome the Yidden with a spiritual war. In other words, just like they hired Bilam to chase away the Yidden, they hired Bilam to try to fight a spiritual war. They said, go curse the Yidin with the spiritual power, which he has as a Navi, as a prophet, Yehideya Das Elyon. So, so too right now, once Bilam was not successful, they think maybe we could find some other people with more spiritual powers to be able to overcome the Yidin. Says Bilam to them, it's for this that he's saying to them, Shema Merubim Atem, are you more than the Egyptians that had the 600 chosen chariots? What's he referring to? He's not referring to the number 600 that it's such a huge army. The physical might and power of the army of Mitzrayim. Rather what he's referring to is spiritual might. As Rashi explains, where did these animals come from? Where did these 600 chariots, the animals for these 600 chariots come from? Rashi had explained already that these were from Hashem, from those that feared Hashem. Otherwise they should have died by the Makis. In other words, we're speaking about people of a spiritual greatness, fearing Hashem. So it's not about how many they were in number. And nevertheless, even these 600 people that seemingly were on a greater spiritual level, it didn't help them anything at all. And when it, they started up with the Yidden, they had a very, very bitter end. This is what Bilam is saying to them, that there's no point in trying to find people with any sort of spiritual qualities to be able to overcome the Yidden, because in that area, are you going to be more than the Egyptians, which were the ones that feared Hashem, and yet there was nothing they were able to do against the Yidden. So what could possibly be of something that could help them fight the Yidden? Bilam says to them, come, let me give you advice. Come a little bit closer to me. Let me give you some quiet, secret advice. Let me give you a tactic over here that Hashem hates immorality, and maybe through this you'll be able to achieve your goal. Says the Rebbe, the Ben Chamesh we don't find throughout the whole 40 years that the Yidin were in the Midbar, the Yidin should ever do these kind of Averis. Furthermore, in the story of Shloimis Bas Divri, 
which was one woman that had gone off and not done the right thing, Rashi says that this, the t- fact that the Torah tells us about Shlomo's Bazdivri, this was actually saying the praise of the Yidden, that she was a, a, a one and only person that acted in an inappropriate way, in an immoral way. And from this we certainly understand also regarding the men, that none of them were involved in these sorts of Averis. So how does it make sense, asks the Benchamesh Lemikra, that suddenly so many Yidin are falling through to the extent that we know that in that Magaifa, in that plague, 24,000 Yidin die. Another question, what is this idea that Bilam is saying, boy, you come close, I want to give you a secret, I want to tell you a secret. And this is what Rashi means when he says to the Isa, Bechelek, when he's sending us off to have a look in the Mesechta Sanhedrin, Peirik Chelek. Over there, it's discussed in great detail how the Yidin were basically tricked and fooled. They were given wine, jugs of wine, until eventually they fell through with these Averis of Znus and Avoidazara. And therefore, since it was all done in a way of plotting and planning with secrecy, if Yidin would have known the plan of Willem, that this is how he's going to get them, of course they would have been much more careful of having the wine of the Goyim, etc., and therefore, Bilam is telling them in a secret, in other words, the Yidin shouldn't be able to find out his sly tricks and his sly tactics. Says the Rebbe, but there's still a question. The Gemara tells us over there how exactly Bilam's plan came about. The Gemara said that they had made a lot of tents going all the way from Har Sheleg to Beis Hayishimois. In these tents, they had set up the Zoinois, they set up elderly women on the outside of the tents and young women on the inside of the tents. The Yidden would come, were, were coming there and eating and drinking and rejoicing, etc. And going and strolling in these marketplaces, the elderly woman would try to get to sell it, to sell something to the Yid. And then when he would come over, she would say, come inside and there's something even better inside, etc., etc., etc. Till finally they got the Jew to do the Aveda. So again, the same question could, could come up. How does it even make sense that the Yidin were walking around these marketplaces, eating and drinking and rejoicing and strolling amongst these tents of the women of Midian? Especially we're speaking about times that were after tremendous miracles that the Yidin had just experienced. Eshed Hanacholim is referring to the time when the mountains crushed together, um, crushing the Goyim that were hiding inside to try to start up with the Yidin. They had the Melchemist Oig, where Oig tried to rip up a mountain to throw on the Yidin, and he was killed. So it seems to be obvious that this should have brought about by the Yid, by the Yidin opposite sort of behavior. They should have been acting in an extra good way. So what's going on over here? And this is why Rashi tells us to have a look in the Sifri. In the Sifri that's dealing specifically with this idea, it's going to be relevant to that which we were just speaking about in Chalik. What is that? In Sifri, in Pasha's Bullock, that means not the Sifri on our apostle, but in Sifri in Pasha's Bullock, it says as follows. When the Yidin, had plenty of the spoils of the Mulchama of Sichon and Oig, the Yidden suddenly were acting in a way, because they had so much of these spoils, that they were completely disgracing it. And they were tearing the clothes that they got. They were throwing it away. They were tearing and break and, and destroying the animals, throwing it away. Because all they were now interested in was just silver and gold. In other words, all of the great spoils that the Yidden had by the Mulchama that actually caused 
that the Yidin were, as the Pasuk describes, Vayishman Yishurun Vayivot. Which means, Rahman al-Itzlanda, when you didn't get fat from all of these extra things, suddenly they're rebelling. And as a result of that, this is why suddenly they were acting in this way, this inappropriate way, to finally do the actual Averis. So in summary, just to summarize some of the main points that the Rebbe explained over here, is number one, is the fact that Bilam was saying, that are you greater than all the multitudes of the world, with this, Bilam was clearly saying to them that, of course, a Gashmi is the war is definitely not the way you're going to be winning over the Yidden. Because you saw already people like Sichon and Oig weren't able to overcome the Yidden. Even with a Ruchni is the war, meaning getting people that are especially great and spiritually to be able to fight the Yidden, you're also not going to be able to manage. Because the Egyptians had already 600, so to speak, spiritual people. Great people that feared Hashem, and they weren't able to overcome the Yidden. So Bilam gives them advice. Let me show you how to fight the war by getting these women to, to entice the Yidin to this Avera. The Reb, and this is why it's all relevant specifically. It's part of the war of the, of these Midianim against the Yidin. And the Reb also explained why it's relevant. These two ideas, both in Perek Chalik, as well as that of the Sifri, because in Perek Chalik we see how the Yidin were tricked into doing the Avera through the wine and etc., etc. And in Sifri, what we see is how they even came to that, why they even strolling these marketplaces, is all because of the Vayishman, Vayishman, Vayivan, because of the excessive Gashmis that they suddenly had, which brought them to a situation which led them to the inappropriate behavior. The Rebbe says in Seif Zayin, Yeinu Shal in Pirush Rashi. By Melchemist Midian we find that Hashem says, Nekoim Nikmas Bnei Yisrael, take the revenge for the Yidden from the Midianim. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he gives over this command, says, Los is nikmas Hashem b'midyon. To give the revenge of Hashem b'midyon, not in the come of B'nai Yisrael. Says the Rebbe, that my father, that means Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, explains the reason for this difference. Hashem is caring about the honor of the Yidden. So he speaks about the revenge of the Yidden. Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking about the honor of Hashem. And that's why he says, it's the revenge of Hashem. In fact, Rabbi Yitzchok over there also explains in the same, in a similar way, when the Eibishter in his command, in Pasha's Truma, speaks about making the Kruvim before the Aroin, in Pasha's Nasoy, the way it's described as the Aroin before the Kruvim, and it's again rep- symbolic of a similar sort of idea of which one is being looked at. Is the Eibishter looking at the Yidden first? And what represents the Yidden? On the other end, Moshe Rabbeinu rep- giving over that which represents Hashem first. However, we need to understand why is there this difference and these two ideas specifically by the Melchama of Midian, why don't we find this in other areas in the Torah? Says the Rebbe, but based on the way we explained Rashi now, it's all understood. The Melchama of Midian with the Yidin actually had two aspects to them. There's one aspect where they're fighting the Yidin, they're trying to destroy the Yidin, and therefore there's the idea of Nikmas B'nai Yisrael, the revenge of the Yidin. There's another idea that Bilam is speaking about the fact that Hashem hates immorality, and therefore it's a fight against Hashem. And that's why it's Nikmas Hashem, the revenge of Hashem. And therefore, Hashem that's medactic in the covet of the Eden. So out of these two things, he's focusing on the idea that is the revenge on behalf of Bnei Yisrael. In other words, the fact that they wanted to destroy the Eden, 
Moshe Rabbeinu that cares so much about the honor of Hashem is emphasizing that it's a revenge of Hashem. That means even when, yes, they're trying to destroy the Yidin, but it's in a way by fighting Hashem because Hashem is the one that hates the immorality. And therefore, they want to get the Yidin to do this Aveira along with Avaid Zorah and Baal Poir, etc. Says the Rebbe, now we could also understand why Rashi explains on the words Nikmas Hashem, Rashi says that when someone stands up against the Yidin, it's like standing up against Hashem. And again, why is the Torah telling it us specifically over here by the Mulchama of Midian? Because it's right over here that we're seeing clearly that the way to stand up against the Yidin was by standing up against Hashem, by getting the Yidin to do the Averois of Znus, and through that also Avoid the Zorah. Says the Rebbe, this is why the Torah over here in Parshas Matai specifically says the words Bidvar Bilam, not only Atzaz Bilam, not only the advice, but all the words that Bilam said, because this helps us understand really what the whole point of the Mulcham of Midian was, that it was both the revenge of Hashem and the revenge of Bnei Yisrael.